0: Father, to come into the presence of our maker with firm confidence, knowing that we are not judged, we are not condemned, we are not cast out, but we are received with open arms. Glory be to Christ. Lord Jesus, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts, from the depths of our soul, for the great love that you showed that you demonstrated, that you poured out for us that fateful day at Calvary. What greater love have any man than to lay down his life for his friends? And yet, while we were yet sinners, you died for us. And you still looked upon us as friends. And as you hung on that cross, you displayed a heart that no other man ever could possess. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You were still interceding on behalf of those who were reviling you, spitting upon you, hostile towards you. What greater love has ever been displayed? Never has a love been displayed such as the love you display towards us. So in response, Lord, we just give you praise and honor and glory. We exalt you to where you deserve to be. This morning, we lift you high. And we pray, Lord, that we would bring you good pleasure, that we would minister to you this morning. And Lord, those that are coming in with heavy burdens, we pray, Lord, that you would meet with them specifically and intimately. Lord, that you would lift those burdens, that they would leave those burdens at the cross, that you would uplift their countenance, encourage them strengthen them give them a strength that is not of their own and as pastor eric said 2020 was filled with challenges and circumstances like we've never seen before but we are not to be controlled or mastered by our circumstances for worry doesn't do us any good fear grips us and paralyzes us lord we are to look to you draw our strength from you Lord, may your people hear your voice clearly. May we be able to filter out all the noise that comes in from the world, from those around us who we're not sure if we can trust or we can listen to. Lord, we know that we can trust you, your word. We know that we can trust your spirit. Help us to put our full faith, trust, and confidence in you this year drowning out all the noise and just hearing your voice for your people will hear your voice and lord give us obedience and holiness like never before help us to set aside the deeds of the flesh may we make no provision for the flesh resist the devil at every turn forsake this world for we know our citizenship is in heaven for we desire a country that is not of this place we are passing through we are sojourners And while we are passing through, Lord, may we be a bright, shining light for you, standing firm in your truth and in your righteousness, not wavering, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So Lord, as we turn our faces towards your word this morning, as we look to your word, would you just open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and may we glean something new, may we find new truths, revelations that we've never seen before or may you just stir us up by way of reminder. And Lord, we pray that your your spirit would be felt mightily here this morning. We thank you, we love you and we give you all the glory. in Jesus name we pray. Amen.
1: Well good morning. if you guys have your Bible go ahead and open it up to the book of Matthew chapter 22. We're going to be looking at verses 34 through 40 this morning and uh, i know god is going to do something as we open up his word amen god is a god who is amazing man and i'm just so thankful god humbles us and um, i got humbled this morning and i found out about it and i can't wait to hear it so first service after i got done opening up the prayer i go and sit down and i'm just trying to make a joyful noise to the lord and i found out it wasn't a joyful noise i didn't turn my mic off And uh, so the people that were here with us, they didn't get blessed with my beautiful voice, but all those online, and uh, they were letting us know about it. They thought maybe a dog got hit outside or, you know, what's going on? You know, (laughs) no, it was just me. And uh, man, that is out there for the whole world to see and hear. And I found out that our first service was the most largely streamed. Once I announced that, people are going back and just listening. And my voices went viral. And uh, man, it's just just a humbling, humbling, humbling experience. And people realize why God has gifted and equipped people in different ways. And leading worship is not mine, um, but uh, yeah, make sure we edit that and cut that out, all right? All right, so that being said, you guys, we're so excited. First Sunday of the year, first time. I know that God is just going to bless us and I believe give us something that will really help us moving forward this coming year. As I was preparing and thinking about this message, I thought back to when I was a kid, and i would never forget this one coach that I had uh, playing football. He was a very instrumental man in my life, poured into me, a little differently than the coaches do now. Coaches are very encouraging now and positive. Back then, that wasn't the case. Those of you guys who remember football coaches of old, they were very uh, degrading, and, but somehow motivating at the same time. And I remember this coach, he kept things real simple for us, and he always had a motto and a philosophy that we could really rally around, and it was our identity, and it shaped everything we did. He, it was a mantra. Over and over, he would always say, We play fast and physical, fast and physical, fast and physical. Everything we do was encapsulated into that. Now, we know football is about plays and schemes and all these different things, but it made it simple for us. No matter what we did, he expected us to do it fast. When he said, go get a water break, we had to run, get water, and run back. Physical, he didn't care. And he knew that there was going to be mistakes made playing fast and physical. When you do fast things, sometimes you make a mistake. And he knew, hey, I don't care if you make a mistake as long as you do it. What? Fast, coach. I'm doing it fast. Physical. Sometimes you, 11 guys, he wanted to tackle the guy. Now, we know that was impossible. So you're across the field, you're running. He wanted us to get physical. He wanted the other team to fill us. And he knew that, hey, sometimes we're going to get 15-yard penalties. But as long as we're playing what? Physical. That's part of what we do. And so this year, we've really been praying as as a church. And we believe that God has given us kind of a motto, something to really rally around and give us an identity moving forward. And you're going to begin to see that all around. Um, We are getting bulletins printed. You know, remember back in the day when we had bulletins and you can hand things out? Yeah, those things are coming back in 2021, but we're having bulletins and you're going to see it written on it. We're getting our new sign done on our monument in the parking lot. You're going to see our, 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 our motto, if you will. And I believe it's something that Jesus would have all of us to really get excited about and rally around here at Calvary Chapel, West Grove. And... I believe what it's going to do it's right from scripture and it's right from the teachings of Jesus himself and I believe with this it's gonna help us move together in unity as a body in Christ and march to the same beat of the same drum if we're all going and moving in the same direction I think there's unity and I think that glorifies God and what that motto is is love God and love people and that's what we're gonna be looking at today and if you would draw your eyes to Matthew chapter 22 Verse 34, where it says this, But when the Pharisees heard Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. This is the great and foremost commandment. So much in this little section of Scripture. This story picks up right in the midst of an action-packed time in the ministry of Jesus. Matter of fact, verse 33 says that there were crowds of people all around. This is kind of the heights, or the climax of Jesus' ministry. People were coming from all around following him. This is a very, very exciting time. In the midst of the crowds, we find out that there was Pharisees there. Uh, The Sadducees were there. The table is set for an exciting story, which we get here for something amazing to happen. And in the midst of all the crowds and everything that was going on, we see that this lawyer came up to Jesus and he asked him a question. And that question was testing him and he wanted to know what is the greatest commandment of the law. Now, depending on the translation of Scripture you're reading with us today, it either says lawyer or scribe, and they are one in the same. And these lawyers and scribes, these were the ones who had the most insight, the most knowledge, the most understanding regarding the things of the law. Now, this lawyer was an expert, and he was well aware at this time that there were over 613 commandments in the Scriptures, And this one man, this scribe, this lawyer, devoted himself to studying all 613 commandments of God. He knew them like the back of his hand. He could recite them. He could quote them. And so he was trying to trip Jesus up and asking which one of the 613 commandments was the greatest of all. The commandments were cut up and divided and split up in certain ways. There was 365 commandments that they considered negative commandments. And these were the ones that we were told not to do or to abstain from. 365 out of the 613, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. 365 is how fitting, right? One for every day. Imagine being encouraged on a daily basis with, don't do this, don't do this. After 30, you forgot which one was the first one. So God's people were burdened and weighed down with rules and regulations, 365 negative. 248 of the 613 were positive commandments, things that we should do and that we should be focusing on. And so he comes and he asks them this question. Now, we see in verse 34, this question came right after an encounter that Jesus had with the Sadducees. And it says in verse 34, the Pharisees had heard that Jesus silenced the Pharisees. Now, the word silence there can also be translated muzzled. And so no doubt the Pharisees were very excited. They saw the Sadducees getting shut down. They were questioning Jesus and trying to trip up Jesus with all these different things. And he was shutting him down. The Pharisees were no doubt excited about that. Them and the Sadducees didn't get along very well at all. And so literally Jesus muzzled or silenced his enemies. And so the Pharisees decided to seize this moment, if you will, and they called up one of their lawyers, no doubt a very hotshot lawyer who was their most intellectual and smartest one, and he wanted to go and ask this question to Jesus. Now, the Pharisees were not only doing this in an attempt of, to get Jesus in some sort of trouble or to trip him up, But they were also doing it to make themselves feel better, but also to make the Sadducees look worse and just kind of incompetent with everything that was going on. So their hearts were filled with pride with this question. And so they asked him, out of the 613, which one is the greatest? A very difficult question, but not for Jesus. Without hesitation or question, Jesus answered them. And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the greatest commandment. He didn't skip a beat. He just jumped right into it and answered their question. He directed them to what was called the Shema. And this came from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, the Shema, it means to literally hear, listen, or to take heed to. The Shema was kind of like the Jewish statement of faith. Every young Jew from an early age was trained to recite and to memorize the Shema, the Jewish statement of faith, and they would go over and over and over. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so Jesus knew this, as most devout Jews did. This was the most important and greatest commandment, to love God with everything that you had. And so in the 613, it was easy for Jesus. He didn't skip a beat, and so he gave it to them. This was important to them. Every devout Jew at this time would have this written out on their doorposts, on the, the pouches, the bags that they would carry with them. They would really even go to the extreme of writing it on their forehead and upon their wrist. It was important to them to just remember to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You see... Loving God was important to them and love is an important part of most if not any and every Important relationship in our lives. So it's no surprise at all that when Jesus was asked this question The greatest is a loving relationship with God. This is the greatest and the foremost commandments Love relationships are important something we value and something that we hold on to now The word love in English language, we can go on and on about it. We love a lot of things, but an intimate, personal, deep type of love relationship, these are exclusive and something that we don't just hand out often that we hold on to and are very, very important and special to us. We have a lot of loves, but really love relationships, very few. I know a couple in this church that has over 60 years of marriage together. And I love picking their brain and hearing those types of things. And literally, they have only loved each other. Only loved each other. And that type of deep love that they have for each other, it's, it's exclusive, it's intimate, and they only know that type of other love, that the relationship they have with God. We date, and we have different relationships, and we maybe think we love them. When you're starting dating, and you have a real serious relationship in junior high, and you think that you love them, but it really turns out not to be love after all. Some people are blessed to find that love. Some people are called singles, but love is special. It's deep, and that's the type of relationship that God wants to have with us. And I think we see that here, and I think that's important. Not only does God want us to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, but he reciprocates that. That's the basis of our relationship with God is love, and I think that's beautiful. God wants to have a love relationship with us, not a relationship that is based with do's and don'ts and rules and regulations and the law. He wants it to be built upon love. And I love that because I think any other thing would be we, we would fall short, and we wouldn't be able to do. He could have simply said, this is the greatest commandment, that you keep all the commandments and that you obey God. But that's not what he said. He said, I want you to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Why is that important? I believe it is important because it is possible to do something or not to do something without loving that situation some of you guys are at a job right now that you may not necessarily love but guess what you show up and hopefully unto the lord you work and you do the best that you possibly can to be a good witness for the lord you don't love your job but you love the lord so i'm gonna do the best that i can i'm gonna do the best that i can and so the lord understands like i don't want my people just to obey me i don't want to have a law do don't relationship So he understood the most important relationship we can have is based off love. Because guess what? If we love the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, then guess what? We're going to obey him, and that's going to naturally flow out of our great love and obedience and a desire to please him. And so he understands that. It's not about the law and obeying and doing it. Don't just love me, and I will love you. Jesus gets real specific, and he tells us how we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. So Jesus covers four things here so we don't get confused. And he makes it real simple and easy for us because he covers all aspects of our being, our brain, our heart, our soul, and our strength. Simply put, every aspect, the totality of who we are, that is the type of love that he wants from us. But it's beautiful because, again, he reciprocates that love by God gave his only son. He gave everything, and so he wants everything. It's a beautiful relationship that everyone is giving in 100%. I've heard people say relationships are 50-50, right? How many of you guys have heard that? 50-50 compromise. That's not the case with Jesus. He says, I want to have a 100-100 relationship with you. I'm going to give you everything, and I want you to give me everything. And it's easy to do that when you know that he gave everything. Maybe you've been in a relationship before, and maybe the guy or the girl was requesting or desiring or wanting more than you wanted to give for whatever reason. It's like, this guy wants me to give everything, and I feel like he's giving me 10%. I'm out. I'm not going to do that. But it's a blessing when everything is equal, and it's 100, 100. And so he says our heart, which is the emotional side of who we are, our soul, which is the part of us that our will and our, our desire to choose to serve and walk with him, Our mind, which is the intellectual part of our being, and our strength, which is the physical nature that we have. He says, I covered it all. So the message is very clear what God wants. He wants everything from us. And so this morning we have to ask ourselves a question. Are we giving him everything? Or are we in that relationship where he gave us 100 and we're giving him 50, 75, 25, 95? Anything less than 100 and everything of our Everything that we have is falling short. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we doing that? And so I was thinking about when Jesus answered, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus could have explained all the commandments and focused on the things that we were not to do in our relationship with God. Out of the 613, he could have said, this is the greatest. They're all equal. You know, it's like we do with our kids. Which one's our favorite kid? We know we have a favorite kid. But what do we say? We love them all equal. If guys, that's the biggest hoax. You know what I mean? I do love my own mind equal if you guys are watching at home. But you see, but you know, I, I have come to realize that I love certain things about each one. My favorite thing about this one is this, my favorite thing about this one is this, my favorite thing about this one is that. And so they all are my favorites. And I, and and but Jesus could have said that all these laws are important. But he didn't. He could have focused on the commandments like have no God before the Lord your God. He could have said that you shall not set up idols, do not take the Lord's name in vain, etc. Those things that are of the importance of us having a relationship with God, he could have covered those, but he didn't. He simplified and summarized all of those commandments having to do with our relationship with God, and he put it into one thing by just saying we are to love him. And I think even though it's simplified and summarized and to just love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, I think it's important. Because if we love the Lord our God with everything that we have, guess what? We're not going to say his name in vain. We're not going to set up idols in our hearts. We're not going to put anything in front of him. And so he says, I don't have to do, deal with these things. If you love me with everything you have, that's it. I don't have to worry about the 613. Just love me. And so we pick up in verse 39 where it says, The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Jesus picks up and he carries on. And in verse 39, he expounds upon and he adds to his answer by saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so he says there's a second. And he said what the lawyer started, this whole scene started with a lawyer saying, what is the greatest commandment?' So he says, love the Lord your God with everything you have. And he said, and the second one is like it. Like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Like it? In the Greek, the word like it can be translated linked to it. And so what Jesus is saying here is not, there's not a first commandment and a second commandment. They're 1A and 1B, they are linked together. They're not separate at all. And even though there's a connection here, I believe that everything, to be able to love our neighbor as ourselves, I think everything flows from the first and the greatest commandment, which is what? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. I think it's impossible to love anyone, let alone our neighbor as ourself, if we don't have the love of God in our hearts. Case in point, think about your life before Christ. I don't know about you, but I wasn't a very loving person, wasn't a very caring person at all, especially my neighbors and people that I really didn't want anything to do with. But when I became a Christian and gave my life to the Lord, all of a sudden things changed. My heart got soft and I looked at people differently. I treated people differently and it all flowed from my love for God. He supernaturally gave me a love and an ability to love people. So he said the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, interestingly, the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 5 says that if we fulfill the law of loving our neighbors as ourselves, we fulfill the whole law. It's a radical statement. But I believe he was able to say that because of the fact that he knows it flows from our love from God. It's impossible to love people without great love for God. And so how are we to love People, How are we to love our neighbor? Again, Jesus makes it very, very clear and specific. He says, love your neighbor as what? Yourself. Love your neighbor as yourselves. We are to be mindful, thoughtful, and love others the same way that we love ourselves. Now, if we were to be honest here and to be transparent and to be real with one another here today, And we took an inventory of how we love ourselves because at face value, it's easy to say, well, I don't really love myself. I don't really care about myself. But if we were honest, I think it would be a true statement to say that we think about and that we take care of ourselves, we're mindful of ourselves, more than we probably should be. I think if we took an inventory of those things that were important in our lives, that we saw as a priority in our life, I think we would be at the top of the list. I think if we're real, Open and honest with ourselves. When I get hungry, I make sure that I eat. I make sure that I take care of myself. I make sure that I that I look out for me. That doesn't necessarily make me a selfish person. I think we all do that. We're mindful of ourselves. What we're gonna do tomorrow, where we're gonna be next week. All these different things, it, it revolves around us. And so what Christ is saying is the same mentality, the Same attitude, the same thoughtfulness and love that we have for ourselves. That is how we're to be with other people. I think it would be good. And I want to give you guys a homework assignment. Oh, not homework. Nobody likes homework. But over the next week or so, I I, I challenge you to really be mindful and even document how often you think about yourself, take care of yourself, do something for yourself. Document, I don't think it would take a week. I think it might even just take a few hours to look and you might have a good list. I I take pretty good care of myself. I I look out for me. And I think that challenges once we get that list to apply that same effort and attitude towards others. I think that's difficult. Because it's easy to sit here and say that I love people, but do I love people as Christ tells me to love people? That's the mark. Oh, I love people. I'm not every. I say hi to everybody. I shake hands. I try to give people hugs. And now people are like, no,
0: you had COVID.
1: <laughs> I'm going to see. I got like a scarlet letter to the plague. Nobody wants to hug me. Bluetooth, you know, but it's OK. You should. I'm not saying give me a hug unless you don't want to. But whatever. Yeah, I see. So and I think what happens here, if we did this man, we could be mindful and learn how to love like God tells us to love, love people as we love ourselves and again here jesus could have went over all the commands that have to do with people all the commands that say don't do this and do that but he didn't he could have said well this is the greatest command love the lord your god and this is how you do it and love people and this is how you do it but he just says love he could have said this is how you love people do not murder do not lie Do not steal, do not covet. He could have went all through all the laws that had to do with people, but he didn't. He just simply summarized it by love your neighbor as yourself. How does that summarize all law? Because I believe that Jesus knew. Guess what, if I love my neighbor as myself, guess what, I'm not going to lie to them. Anybody here enjoy being lied to, misled, deceived? We are no hands. So he didn't have to say thou shalt not lie. He knows if you love your neighbor as yourself, guess what? Anybody here enjoy being murdered? Anybody dead here? (laughs) So we're not going to murder. We're not going to look at somebody with hate. Why? Because we love them. We love them as we love ourselves. And so he says simply love people as yourself. So when Jesus' answer to this lawyer here, we have two commands for us to follow today. And I love that, two commands. This is a lot different than what many, many people in the world would say about Christianity. Maybe you've heard this before. I don't know how you're a Christian. I don't know how you do it. All the rules, all the regulations, all the do's, all the don'ts. Anybody ever heard that before? And now we could say, that's not true. There's only two. Oh, there's not two. Oh, Jesus said, there's two. Love God and love people. That's it. Everything is simplified and summarized in that. Two rules. One, love God more than anything and everything. With every ounce of our being, nothing in this world should rival the love that we have for God. Rule number two, love people as ourselves. We should be willing to serve and to minister and to go and to give and to do for people at any time. These two commands. And I believe how we respond to these two commands here today really dictate and changes everything. The course of our life, the, the the road that we're going down, I believe, drastically and dramatically changes based upon our response to these two commands. And today we choose to love God and love people. I believe that we're gonna have meaning and purpose and passion in life because that is what we were created for: to love God and to love people. And so once we truly love God with everything that we have and we love our neighbors ourselves, I believe that. We, we, we're in a good place. But the exact opposite, and if we choose not to love God and not to love people, we find ourselves just going through this world, meandering, searching for satisfaction, searching for meaning and purpose, only finding ourselves empty and broken and lonely. Case in point, I think of Solomon. His book that he wrote, Ecclesiastes, at the end of his life, here was a man who had all the wealth, all the power, all the fame, had everything you could ever want. But at the end of his life, because he didn't live by these simple two commands, to love God and love people, he found himself a man who had everything. He had nothing. Vanity, vanity. It's all vanity. What is this life? He didn't know what it was about. Because somehow he got off track and thought it was about him and not God and people. And so... As a staff, we've really been praying over these two commands. We've been talking about them and really allowing them to to shape who we are as a church and what we're going to be about and how we're going to do things here in 2021. They are becoming kind of like our, anybody ever been bowling and you put the little safeguards up so there's no gutter balls? You do that when you're little. Like for me, it was 39 years old. Like, you know what I mean? Like just when you're young, you know what I mean? And you know, they're kind of like these guide rails. You hit them, and it just gets you right back on track. Get you right back on track. And that's what these commands have done for us as a church, as a staff, looking forward. Love God, love people. This is kind of, kind of guiding us. It helps us make decisions. If we know these two commands, when things come up, we have to make a lot of decisions, a lot of things that we have to do here. And when we understand this, it makes it easier. Every single policy, every single procedure, everything we put into place here at the church, we see it, it gets to you, it gets to the pew. And so we have to look at it and say, man, does this, does this love God? Does this love people? And it makes decisions a lot easier knowing that this is what God commands of us. Now, that's not loving people. We're not going to do it. It's easy. It helps us. And I want to invite all of you here today to do the same. To pray over these, to think about these, and to implement these in our lives. That us here at Calvary Chapel Westgrove, that these will be our motto. This will be our identity. Our culture will be a church that loves God and loves people. We will move the same march to the beat of the same drum. There will be unity within the body of Christ. And that people will know, man, those people at Calvary Chapel Westgrove, they love God and they love people. They love people. How are they going to know that if we? Love God with everything that we have, and we love people as ourselves. Jesus closes out his answer in verse 40 by saying this. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. The law and the prophets is how the Old Testament was split up. The law was the first five books of the Bible, referred to as the Pentateuch. The rest of the Old Testament is split up by prophets, minor, major Things like that. And he says you can summarize all the teaching of the Old Testament in two commandments. Love God, love people. And we could even break it down to one word. The whole teaching of the Old Testament, we can break down to one word. Love. Love. And so in closing, of all the answers that Jesus could have gave to this lawyer, what is the greatest commandment? of all the commandments of anything he could have said, let us not forget what Jesus said is the greatest commandments that are linked together. Love God and love people. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning, God. Lord, we are so thankful to be here to worship you, to hear from you this morning, God. And I pray, Lord, as we leave, that we would just be meditating upon the things that we heard today. We're so thankful for, Lord, you simplifying the 613 commandments, Lord, just to love God and love people. And Lord, I pray that we would search our hearts to see, are we doing that? Are we loving you truly with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength? And if not, Lord, I pray that today would be the day that we don't hold on to the 50 or the 25%, whatever we're holding on to, that we'd give it all to you. And Lord, I also pray, God, that we'd really search. Are we loving people? It's easy to say we do, but according to the way that you tell us to, to love our neighbor as ourselves, God. Lord, we want to be more like you, and we pray, Lord, that you would help us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.